The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Let's talk about the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. There are two kinds of CFOs. One who's struggling to keep up, spreadsheets everywhere, manual processes. It takes weeks to close the books. The other kind is on top of their game. Automated reports, inventory, commerce, and HR flow into the financial model seamlessly. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. That's why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system used by over 28,000 growing businesses. 93% of businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash c-suite for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash c-suite. netsuite.com slash c-suite. This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Strategies to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. Do you ever wonder how elderly people who take eight or 10 or maybe more medicines every day take just the right pills? Well, here's Labanat Avdu to explain that to us. He's got a business that takes care of all the packaging for senior and other facilities uh, in the uh, northern mist midwestern part of our country. Labanat, uh, Labby, welcome to the show. Hi, Joel. Thank you for having me on. Hey, great. So uh, why don't you tell us, I mean, listen, this is a, uh, a pretty big uh, issue. We've got a lot of elderly people in the country. They're taking a lot of medicine, more medicine than ever before. You know, their, their hands are fragile in many cases. A lot of times elderly people have a hard time uh, opening pill bottles. What exactly are you doing to help these people? Well, that's actually um, a, a very um, um, good question, a, a loaded question. We're um, in this industry with a rapidly growing aging population that has been largely um, the benefit of the advancements in our healthcare industry and pharmaceutical care has been a big component of that. And part of the outcome of that growth and in healthcare delivery, and including pharmaceutical care, is that the number of uh, medications that the average senior takes nowadays has grown rapidly. And the gift and curse of, of medications is that they really have the power to heal, but then they also have this, this other power to, to, to cause significant damage. So how, so how, are, you, how are you helping the, these elderly people who have to take all this medicine? Yeah, so, so we have built a model of delivering pharmaceutical care that is focused on providing high level of accuracy around compliance packaging to make it easier to organize the medications, to have them dispensed at the right time for the right person, the right dose. And so timing the medication, which, which is called synchronization of, of all these different medications that someone is on so that they get them on a regular pattern and compliance packaging them so that they're easier to take as opposed to having to um, manage eight or nine different bottles with, with medications, being able to have them organized so that it is all in one packet or two packets at most creates significant um, uh, efficiencies and, and really ease of use for the caregiver, uh, which is typically the setting that we operate in, but also if the individual is able to manage their own medications, it makes it much easier for them to okay. have the answer. So, 
So listen, so, you know, we're, we're talking really about the business issues, but I want to understand the, uh, the underlying business so we can talk about what some of the other bigger issues are, the business issues. So your, your customer is really the, uh, the facility where those elderly people live. That's what it sounds like to me. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, so Medication Management Partners is primarily focused in the senior living, non-skilled, post-acute space. But that really... That means they're relatively healthy people. Correct. Assisted living and memory care. And one of the changes that has happened in that industry is this shift in acuity. So folks who were previously in hospitals are now moving into the skilled facilities, and folks who were previously in skilled facilities are moving into the senior living communities like the assisted living. Typically, today, most of the operators have run these communities really like apartment buildings, like condos that were up for, for rent with some services. The acuity of the residents in these communities has now forced the operators to provide higher levels of clinical support, and medication management is a big component of that. Do you deliver the packages of pills ready to go, like uh, three lunch bags a day and with their name on it sort of thing? Like, uh... Absolutely. So our delivery, we, we offer daily delivery to our clients six days a week. And then um, in times where we may not be able to get our own delivery there on time, we have a nationwide network of backup pharmacies and a courier system that allows us to triage any urgent medications like antibiotics or pain medications that someone may need immediately through this courier network. And we facilitate the entire process and the logistics so that at the end of the day, the resident gets what they need and, and, and the staff has it there. Okay. So, all right, good. So, so, the, uh, so the basic business is that you're providing people who live in these assisted facilities with, uh, with packaged up medicine so that they don't make mistakes. They don't take the wrong thing. It makes it easier on the caregivers to get them the right thing. Let's talk about the money. I understand, and I don't know the pharmacy business hardly at all, but I understand the pharmacy business is a pretty profitable business, even at the retail level. And you're doing something pretty different than retail pharmacy because you've added a delivery component, you've added a, a set up the, uh, the daily dosage component. I mean, so you've got a couple new things that are going on. Where did the idea come from? Is it, is it your idea? Did you borrow from somewhere else? I mean, where did it come from and, and how's it going? Well, actually, the credit is not really mine. One of our partners, Ryan Klo, is a seasoned veteran in the senior living industry, and, and so he owned and still owns senior living communities of various different settings, from skilled transitional care down to assisted living and, and memory care. And, and one of the challenges that he noticed was that for the senior living communities, there really was not a pharmacy provider that understood the needs and had the processes in place to support a non-skilled environment. And so it was really his kind of idea of, look, we, we need pharmacy services, but we need pharmacy services that are specific to this setting that, that brought that to our attention about 10 years ago. And so what we did, uh, my partner, Dave Dobeck, who knew Brian from another business venture and is a third-generation family a business owner of, of an independent pharmacy that his grandfather started in the early, uh, late 50s with his sister, Deb Meehan, who's also a pharmacist. They had this wonderful pharmacy that was doing some compliance packaging, and so they had the infrastructure in place, but it really was not set up to scale. And so using Dave and Deb's infrastructure knowledge and, 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 and background, Brian's idea and really me as the operational person to kind of put it all together and, and, and scale it up, you know, all the things came together and we were able to successfully launch in 2010. You know, it seems to me that, you know, when you watch 
watch a pharmacist work and they're, they got, they put 90 pills in a little bottle. They count them out. However they count them or they got a little machine or however they count them out. And a lot of, a lot of times I see them just counting them manually just with a little uh, spatula, you know, they're just kind of putting them out. Uh, if you're putting one pill in one bag and another pill in another bag, that's pretty labor intensive. Are you able to get a good premium for doing that? Or, or do you, is that just part of the service that makes people want to do business with you? How, how do you, how do you guys really work? Yeah, so obviously you, the, the process would be very labor-intensive if it were to be done all manually. So we invested quite a bit in technology and software and automation to facilitate a lot of the process. And there is a premium in providing services to these communities using the level of service that we're providing that, that we do charge for um, most third-party payers and, and pharmacy benefit managers so who, who, and that level of service and, and pay for it. Are, are, the, are the patients, the insurance companies, and, and others willing to pay the premium for the accuracy and the convenience of this happening? Yeah, so it does require quite a bit of education and engagement at the family level for them to understand the benefits, the value proposition around quality, accuracy, efficiency, for them to understand why using MMP and we're dispensing medications in shorter cycles. So we're doing a 14-day supply because we can't take eight or 10 medications and, and, and package them together for a 90-day supply. So if you imagine someone who comes into a community setting having gotten their medications to that date from mail order in 90-day increments, and now they come into a setting where that's not really possible anymore because of all the processes that need to be in place, it requires a fair amount of of engagement with the families and the residents for them to understand the value proposition. But we have been very successful in that front. Uh, our market penetration in each community, our, our participation rate in each community that we service hovers in the mid 80s. So we have some communities that we have as much as 95% of the residents using MMP, but on average across the 5,300 residents, 100 communities, uh, that we service in seven states, our average is 85%. That must mean that the facility uh, is helping you sell those services to those residents. It must be a great convenience. It also must be a, a liability protection for the uh, the facility. I, I would imagine that they're, um, they don't want to be responsible for distributing medicine. They're not licensed to distribute medicine. Are they in those cases? Uh, well, if they have a licensed uh, nurse in there, the nurse uh, depends on on the state regulations. In, in certain states, where the, if you, if you have a registered nurse, like a licensed nurse practicing, then yes, they can dispense the medications. They cannot label medications. They cannot do things that a pharmacy or a pharmacist has to do. But in terms of distributing the medications, they certainly can do. But to your point, it really is about the quality of pharmaceutical care for that resident, and so. The skill set that the nurse provides is around providing care to that resident, not necessarily managing the medications. And so there is a fair amount of liability that the community and the operator needs to be aware of. So yes, they do position MMP or a pharmacy partner like us as the provider of choice for that community so that they can help guide the residents towards a process that they have implemented, but they're still... Uh, at the end of the day, if, if, if the resident or the family has a question about the medication, they're going to pick up the phone and call the pharmacy. And so they will, the community will position and do the, uh, you know, to introduce the, uh, the, the, the resident to the pharmacy. But, but we still need to do a good enough job, A, to earn the trust of that staff for them to do that, 
and B, for the residents to want to continue to do business with us. It's just, you know, it's, it's well known that, uh, you know, hospitals are seeing thousands of patients uh, turning over all the time and uh, they have limited staff and they're trying to save money and they've got these different problems and, and errors get made. I mean, a lot of errors get made. And so it, it just seems like if they could have their pills packaged up in a regular way, it just seems better. What is what is the premium typically? Is there a percentage uh, that you can put the premium in, uh, you know, for the service? Because it seems like it's a great service that would yeah, uh, that would save everybody a lot of money. Yeah, the, typically the premium is, you know, it, it's really... A, Maybe two to three dollars more on on the on the gross margin than than a typical retail setting would would obtain. It's not right. as high as a in the skilled environment. So the skilled setting requires an even higher premium. So if you can imagine retail being the the lowest premium pharmacy setting, then you move up to senior living and and um, assisted living, and then after that would be. Uh, the skilled environment where really the largest premium because of the, in, the amount of intensive uh, services that they provide to those settings. So that would be kind of the, the layers that I would, that I would uh, set. And, you know, the margins are okay, uh, but they've all been on a declining trend for a long time with the prevalence of, of managed care and, and the pressures on, on healthcare costs overall. So is that, is that being, is that being dictated by insurance companies or, or, or how is that happening? Well, ultimately, ultimately by, by the payers. So yes, the insurance company in, in cases like ours, where uh, 80% of our residents are on some form of government assistance, like Medicare Part D or, or Medicaid or both, obviously the ultimate payer at that, in that end would be the, uh, the government. So there are constant pressures to, reduce uh, costs. And so as part of that, margins are, are on, a, on a constant squeeze. The second component is, is that the bulk of the pharmaceuticals that we dispense in today's environment are generics. Um, 93%, 92% of what we dispense at our pharmacy are generic uh, prescriptions. So the percent margin is significantly higher than the brand, but the dollar margins are significantly lower because the cost of a generic medication is a fraction of the cost of the brand. And so the overall reimbursement model in, in the pharmacy setting has, has is, is not necessarily as lucrative as one would think. It is really a, a, a business that requires investing a lot of technology and automation and reducing waste and, and making sure that you're making smart decisions for the resident because ultimately you want to make sure that they get the best pharmaceutical care at the most optimal cost. And so on our end, we have to be very efficient and lean to be to be successful in that environment. So when you start talking about, uh, you know, automation, you start talking about uh, multiple locations, you have delivery vans. I mean, you have there's equipment involved. I mean, there's some capital costs here. I mean, this isn't uh, something that you just operate out of a garage. I mean, you have to have a facility that's uh, properly organized. I imagine you have to be licensed, insured, bonded, you know, whatever the things are that you have to do. Uh, where does the capital come from for expansion and, and even for for ongoing operations? So in, in, in our case, the vast majority of our uh, capital has come from cash flow. So we, we've really taken the cash flows of the business and, and invested right in and obviously with some assistance from from um, our uh, bank uh, with the line of credit, we've been able to to fund this um, ourselves, opportunities through through uh, PE and and uh, uh, private equity is 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 sizably uh, uh, has a sizable presence in this industry and how that has really uh, increased over the last three years. Yeah, a lot of activity. You know, 
It's interesting you talk about SBA. You know, SBA is, uh, you know, from a startup perspective, it's kind of, a, it's, it's, there's good and there's bad, you know, they, uh, they, they tie up uh, entrepreneurs and in every way they tie up all the assets and everything. And also it doesn't really promote growth because it's a term loan. It's not a, it's not a revolving kind of a line of credit like a bank might give you. And because they tie up all those assets, it makes it very difficult for a bank to uh, provide additional financing. I mean, so could you talk about that? How did you guys deal with the fact that SBA ties up all your assets and then you go to a bank to get more money and the bank says there's, there's nothing else to, uh, to grab onto. What, what'd you guys do? Well, initially we had a, a, we really had a book of business that was re- available to us to get the company going. And so our experience may have been unique. So the first thousand residents that we acquired, we were able to acquire in a relatively short period of time over the you know six to nine months. So while we did have some of those constraints in place, the growth of the business allowed us to quickly you know kind of come out of that faster than maybe if we had to grind it over a longer period of time. So what are your expansion plans? You got uh, you got plans to uh, to make this company bigger? Yeah, so you know, our plan is to double in the next three years. So 2020, we would expect our company to be about double the size. Uh, in terms of physical locations, we are looking at opportunities to do smaller satellite-like locations uh, to help us support perhaps multiple markets, multiple states, you know, being strategic with, with, with locations. So looking at a hub and spoke type model, what we've done to date in terms of how we've structured our processes and workflows has really allowed us to do all of our work fairly well out of, uh, I would say really, really well out of Crestwood without needing to take on any additional physical expansion today. But, but that would be something that, that would be coming in, in, in the future. Well, but how do you, how do you service uh, deliveries to, uh, to these seven states without having uh, some presence in those places? I mean, you guys, where you live, I mean, you know, your, your states are pretty large in the Midwest there. I mean, it's not like the Northeast where the states are tiny and you could probably cover a few states, uh, you know, in a day or so. I mean, you guys live in a pretty big place. Correct. So we are, the vast majority of all of our fulfillments um, happen on a schedule. So we can anticipate and know for 90% of the medications that residents are on, uh, when do they need them and have them there before they run out of those medications and, and making sure that that the staff knows that, that, that they're coming to expect and making sure that we're putting any changes in place before those medications run out. So 90% of, of the volume we're able to predict, anticipate, and take care of well in advance. So our courier delivery process with the major couriers helps us maintain um, larger territories without, without having to be physically present in every corner. And then we do leverage the existing infrastructure of retail pharmacies to facilitate any immediate needs so that if there is uh, an order like an antibiotic or something like uh, pain medication that we need to help facilitate for that resident right away, we have processes in place and network in place that allows us to get that medication to the pharmacy that is closest to that community 
make sure that it is packaged in a way that will be for the community to be able to manage it until our supplies get there, get the courier to pick it up and deliver it so that it really becomes fairly seamless to the community and the residents. You know, they get the medication typically within two to three hours. And what do you think the real uh, value proposition is here? Is it the, uh, the, the packaging in the, in the daily dosages? Is it the courier service? I mean, what, what do you think is really the big thing? If there was one thing you had to put your finger on, what do you think it is? Well, it's really the process of managing the compliance packaging is a component of it. Record keeping, a lot of these communities are, are moving to electronic medical records, electronic health records. The ability of the uh, pharmacy to interface with those record, records is a big component of it. And then having a process in, in place that is consistent, accurate, and scalable so that if the operator adds additional communities, they want to know that they have the process that they can just essentially plug and play in other, in other communities. And so I would say for us, it's really three uniques that, that, that position MMP as the premier assisted living and senior living provider in, in this space. One is our quality commitment to accuracy, uh, customer service. Second one is our focus in senior living and the needs and challenges that are in that space. So we really understand that market very well. And then third is scalability and interoperability. So we're able to scale with that community and, and the community can scale using our services and we can be interoperable with their systems that they have in place like electronic health records. A couple of things are, are going through my mind here. Number one, we're, we're living in a time when uh, pharmaceutical and healthcare is really being shaken up. I mean, you know, with the big Aetna CVS uh, transaction that happened at the end of last year, uh, maybe closing now or, you know, shortly or whatever it is. But so that's, that's a big thing. I mean, I would imagine you guys must think about, uh, you know, companies, uh, you know, about you guys going on the block at some point in time. What kind of company do you think strategically would benefit the most from getting aligned with you? Well, those, those are great questions. And obviously, Cigna with Express Scripts, that's another one that that's kind of just came around the bend. We've got uh, Berkshire Hathaway, Amazon, and, and Chase looking at disrupting healthcare. So healthcare in general is prime for disruption because there's so many silos across various different segments within healthcare. You know, our, our focus in this is in this senior living space. So we look to partner with care coordination teams. We look to partner with managed care organizations that are looking to keep residents in a less expensive setting like the home if possible or an assisted living before they have to go to a skilled or, or hospital setting. So, you know, our, our partnerships could be anything from, say, a pharmacy who is really good in the skilled space, does not have the, um, the expertise to deal in the senior living environment. So we help them, we could help them in, in, that, in that regard. So partnering with, with someone like that. On the other end, looking at care coordination teams that perhaps are working with managed care organizations to coordinate all the services, like I said, to break those silos between primary care, hospice, rehab, and then pharmacies so that everyone is connected and delivering the care in a more value-conscious way as opposed to constantly fee-for-service. Those would be some of the, uh, some of the partnerships that, that would make sense. Well, you know, it's pretty clear that you guys are pretty clear about what you're good at. You're good at a couple of specific things. You don't compete with the, uh, with the biggest players. Uh, you compliment those guys. Uh, it sounds like you probably are going to need a little capital here, uh, you know, if you want to continue because the, the race to the end of the game is, uh, it, it always takes capital. The fuel of business is money and you're going to have to put some gas in the tank, I imagine here pretty quick. And one of the things I would say is that although 
I wouldn't be surprised if private equity came along and offered you some cash and, and, and to buy a piece of your company. And that's, that happens uh, you know, all the time, depending on how much money you need. Uh, because this is sort of a, a business that people are passionate about, and there are a lot of people who have elderly parents and other people, uh, you might even think about crowdfunding a round or two. Of, of capital for something like this. I mean, there are probably, I'm not talking about Kickstarter, I'm talking about investment crowdfunding and that's, that's a whole other uh, area, but it's uh, using a private placement, putting it online and, and making it available to people who are uh, more sophisticated. Cause I promise you, there are probably very sophisticated people who are watching their, their parents and grandparents, uh, you know, in these kinds of environments, uh, not getting the kind of care that they need, not getting the kind of uh, prescription organization that they require. And, and if they saw what you guys were doing, might be interested in putting some money into your deal because you guys are doing something that's very interesting. Well, you know, we're, we're, first of all, we really are passionate and committed to what we're doing. There's a real need to provide quality pharmaceutical care to seniors who are living in the post-acute non-skilled space. There's a need for the operators and the clinical staff that is caring for these residents to have a structured medication management process that is highly accurate, that is predictable, that is consistent. So our passion around this type of mission, if you will, creates an environment where it's really more about than just cash about us, to your point. It is about a strategic partnership. So any type of partnership that we would look at in terms of funding the growth would have to add strategic value to what we're trying to accomplish. Today, like I said, you know, we've been able to, and it's a testament to our commitment to this and, and, and really believing in what we're doing. We've taken all of the profits that the company has generated and reinvested in the business, reinvested in the technology, in our people, hiring the best technicians, pharmacists, giving them the best tools uh, to make sure that they do the best job possible for our end users, the residents, and, and the staff. Um, so we've been able to do this ourselves to your point as that growth gets there than us having to be able to uh, evaluate the capital uh, streams and, and, and where which leverage we pull is something that, that you know, we begin to think about and, and, and pay close attention to. And obviously, we've had a lot of folks who have come to us with, with what they can bring to the table. And, and we are listening, but we're not in a rush to, yeah. to come to anything. Well, I can tell you, having spent a lot of time in the venture and private equity business, that uh, you guys have something that sounds like it's on the right track. It sounds like you guys are doing a good job. You're probably going to need some capital, and, and that's just normal. And you probably aren't going to want to take capital that, that has a strong opinion. You're probably going to want to take more financial capital than you are strategic capital. So, uh, listen, I, I hope those things could uh, do well for you. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, so my email is lobby, L A B I, at mmprx.com. That's Medication Management Partners Rx.com. Um, so lobby at mmprx.com. And the phone number is 708-752-8009. That's awesome. Well, listen, Lobby, thank you so much for uh, uh, doing this with us. It was, uh, this was a great interview. This is a great discussion. It sounds like you have a great company and uh, you've accomplished a lot. Uh, America is a great place with, uh, with just this extraordinary engine for motivated people to build things that are going to work for them. So congratulations on what you've accomplished. And thanks for sharing uh, some insights with us about your business. Joel, thank you very much for your time and interest. Appreciate it. Very good, man. Thank you. Have a good one. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com.
Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.